Hey everybody, it's Connor. Welcome to another amazing episode of Drama with Connor and Dylan McDowell, your favorite twins on the entire planet. And because we're your favorites, we know you can't get enough of us and you want even more. And I've got it for you, Drama Plus, which is the name of our Patreon, which is our bonus content platform, where for $5 a month, you donate to support the podcast. We can keep churning out these lovely interviews, chats, episodes, specials with you. And in addition to supporting us, we give you the goods. You get access to our Instagram close friends and you get multiple bonus episodes a month where Dylan and I chit chat with each other about all the fun, scintillating, sizzling, Broadway, pop culture, personal life drama that you're craving. All right. Well, thank you for finding us. Enjoy this episode and go to patreon.com slash the drama podcast for more. All right, on to the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got none? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. drama welcome to drama a podcast that covers theater pop culture love and life i am connor mcdowell and i am dylan mcdowell connor i feel good vibes in the air today i know i do too i was feeling kind of sleepy earlier but i've had a venti iced coffee from starbucks and then also a grande is that bad um it's that friday feeling we'll go with yeah that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know i love a french vanilla coffee mate creamer so i'm now doing something absolutely psychotic which is putting it in like little to-go plastic cups that i'll wash at my office and i'll go to starbucks get a coffee and then put my own creamer in isn't that crazy oh that's so weird that's like bringing a kool-aid packet to a restaurant that is like so okay. bizarre but dylan there is something to be said about like a little, oh, what is it? The iced tea that you could bring in. What was that? Crystal Ooh, light. Crystal light. Remember? Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's like oh a classier God. thing. Okay. So I guess fun. if you'd like what you like, we have debated your strange addiction to coffee mate products. We covered it. So we're not going to talk about it again. But I do want to <laughs> hear about your night last night because you had a fun surprise that a friend of yours took you to a show. Oh my God. Yes. My friend slash boss surprised me like months ago was like, okay, for your birthday, hold this date. We're going to do something on. Mm-hmm you know, that night. I had no idea what it was going to be. And then he took me to a live podcast recording. Okay, weird to talk about another podcast on our own podcast. Way to promote someone else. I know, but it was Hannah and Paige from Summer House on Bravo. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess Hannah, formerly of Summer House fame. She's now like a thriving comedian, but they had a live podcast show through New York Comedy Fest at the Beacon Theater, which is like huge, like 3,000 people they kept saying. And it was so fun and funny. And it had me thinking, Dylan, when we do our first live show, how fun it will be. Like the energy is just crazy and I can't wait. It, it really had me dreaming. It won't be at the Beacon. They've had the Tonys at the Beacon before. That's what like, Kevin that's told never, me. Do you remember mm-hmm. what year? Mm, it was, it's within the last 10, okay. I would say. Interesting. Maybe, maybe 15, maybe 15. But yeah, it was um, fun. That's so fun. I'm glad you got to go. You're you're the resident Bravo-holic here on, here on drama. So. And my dose of drama has to do with Bravo later. So okay, we will get okay. to that. But Dylan, well, I'm jealous. you saw... Girl from the North Country on tour this week. And we had I did. So random of me. I know. But it's touring through Cleveland. And so I drove up home to see it with our father. And my mom reminded me that my name is spelled Dylan, D-Y-L-I-N, because of Bob Dylan. Oh, I always forget yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Despite her not being like a big fan. Yeah. Well, sometimes you just see a spelling or a name of something and you, it just sticks. Like, 
Well, the story goes is the day that she found out she was having twins, she saw Bob Dylan on like a poster or a magazine in the waiting room. And I think it was like in her brain. Oh, fun. Yeah. I'll talk more about Girl from the North Country on our Patreon, where we'll go into more in depth. We need to get into things. We need to bring her in. It's time. And Dylan, I just say she's been on our list for years. (laughs) You can say Mm -hmm. it. Say it again. She's Um, been on our list since the beginning when we made our first, like, who would be good drama guests? And when we start, when we launched drama, it was right on the heels of her starring in a Broadway show, I believe. It was right after that that big show closed. It was. It was that fall. Mm -hmm. It was that fall. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I wore black that whole fall in mourning. I know you did. I was like, Dylan, mm-hmm. it's maybe time to switch it up. But mm-hmm. our guest today is a triple threat musical theater star currently appearing as Maisie in Shucked on Broadway. You know her gorgeous vocals from her Broadway appearances as Jasmine in Aladdin, as well as Alyssa Green in The Prom, the show we were just mentioning, which we were obsessed with. She also toured as Jasmine and starred as another Disney diva, Meg, in Hercules at Paper Mill Playhouse. You might have caught her as Ariel Moore in Footloose at the Kennedy Center, or perhaps as Tank in Fly at La Jolla Playhouse. On television, she shined in extrapolations on Apple TV+, and just like that, Law and & Order, and Bull. She's lent her talents to the touring company of Disney Princess the Concert in Holiday Inn at the Muni, her duo show Babe with friend of the pod, Caitlin Kinnanen, as well as Andrew Barth Feldman's Foul Play. In 2024, you will see this queen in her next high-wire act as Marlena in Water for Elephants on Broadway opposite Grant Gustin. We're thrilled to finally have this darling diva on the pod. Please welcome to drama, Isabel McCallum. Oh my God. First of all, that introduction had me rolling and reeling and also so flattered. Thank you so much. And thank you for reminding me what I did because I sometimes forget who I am. (laughs) I I need a moment of clarification because as I was typing it up, I I remembered that Fly happened at La Jolla. Yes, it did. Did it happen? Yes. Okay. So we, in the beginning of the dark days, the pandemic, we had three weeks of previews and we opened on March 9th. Got it. And then we had two days and March 12th, we shut down with with the world. Insane. And um, and then I spent the next four to five months in San Diego because La Jolla Playhouse was kind enough to be like, if you don't have a place to go, if you want to stay here, you can stay in the housing for free. So generous. shout out to La Jolla Playhouse for being a wonderful, generous, supportive organization. Yeah. I remember Danny Quadrino did our show years ago and he, I think <gasps> he told us about that. So y'all were in yes. that, that, that pod. We together. were in the pod. Yeah. So we, mm-hmm. all, we were in a block of condos essentially. And uh, luckily I had a car, which was nice. And so we had access to like, it was the best place to spend a pandemic truly. Like we had access to nature. I could go hiking and I could go to the beach and stay away from people. And we didn't really know what it was. And it was in the beginning times, like nobody knew how to, it was, remember we were like terrified of getting Mm-hmm. Our, our groceries or packages we were like scrubbing everything down we it's eventually think about yeah i remember <laughs> like actually the first time it was a it felt like kind of jailbreak like at first what we would do we'd have parking lot happy hours where everybody would like make their bevs and we'd stand six feet away from each other in the parking lot and kiki <laughs> or go to a park and kiki and then i remember i think it was like a couple months in when Danny Quadrino and Storm Lever and myself and everybody else who was there Jimmy Larkin we like walked to Black's Beach at night and we went and stuck our toes in the sand and we were like, can we hug? And we just hugged each other under the moonlight while the waters were rushing up against us. It was such a beautiful, magical connection moment that we like clearly all missed each other and missed physical touch. And 
Yeah. Then we were terrified. We're like, oh, did we spread COVID? Uh-huh. And of course. And then we there didn't, was like but... a week or two of you wondering if you yeah, made completely. a mistake. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you know, the early days of the pandemic, while they were dark, they were really beautiful and and soul filling mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It was like the collective deep breath that everyone kind of needed, but there was also like insanity. Sometimes I miss like the simplicity of those days, mm-hmm. but I understand that the, the the world at large was suffering. And so it's yeah. it's a yeah. very, it's like a conundrum in my head sometimes. But... Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a, multiple truths can exist at once. They're, they're not mutually yes. exclusive. So oh, yeah. I love that. Yes. Our, our friend Lisa says that all the time. And I completely agree. Okay, we jumped right in. We got the clarification on Tank. Oh, yes. Now, are you well? I am well now in this moment i am a gemini so i am on a roller coaster always i am very grateful i have an amazing job i'm on broadway right now i have my own apartment which is like my home and i'm i'm building it and i'm nesting i have delightful community and friends who keep me above water and grounded and and then I'm days where I, I'm just exhausted. Then I'm days. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that says it. Yeah. Then I'm days. I'm just days where I become couch and I am <laughs> so tired. And I go from being so tired and so grateful. I'm so tired and so grateful. Mm. I think that's how well I am right now. I'm tired and grateful. Yes. Listen, that's like a good place to be because you could be yeah. bored. Oh, yeah. No. And you know what's I'm I actually like love is that I feel grateful that I, I rarely am bored. Mm. I think it's because I, I've learned, and the pandemic probably helped with that, is that like I learned to be, become friends with like my inner voice and then also like the world around me so that like when I feel static and I feel like so much is going on and I can't really decipher my thoughts, I put my phone down, I like literally unplug and then I just sit and I observe and I'm like, okay, well, what's coming next? And that curiosity helps take away the boredom which is kind of nice. That's really cool. I mean, I'd imagine as an actor too, like that, I mean, that can only sharpen your skills because you see and learn about so much around you that you're able to then take and use for, for future roles or things like that. I don't know what your process is. We don't really get into process on drama because sometimes it can be a little. It's, it's, it's also like everybody's own journey and I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired. Very good. There you go. You found, you caught me on a tired day. That's okay. (laughs) Listen, I'm tired too, but I had all that coffee, yeah. remember? So Oh great. Oh, I had coffee too. Don't get me wrong. Again, Gemini. Tired, but wired. <laughs> oh, that's okay, so I'm curious. Did you buy an apartment or are you like are you at no, home or I, no? I wish. I don't have that kind of money yet. That's the goal. But yes, I'm renting and it's my my own one bedroom, which I'm so oh. excited about. I'm definitely an extroverted introvert. I recharge on my own, you know, like all that stuff. But but it's it's fun and it it the the learning curve is being patient mm-hmm. with building set home. I'm just trying to be patient and make sure like I get the pieces that I want in or I, you know, I don't rush, you know, something that isn't me. Well, I so, heard that like yeah. buying furniture takes like a long time. Like couches are like on back order and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Everything's on back order, but I am impatient. So I find the ones that I can get within like a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, like I got my couch in two weeks. Good. I had to build it myself, but that was also fun. Felt good to build and build a couch myself. Woman in STEM. Woman in STEM. <laughs> That's so I'm amazing. Obsessed. Wait, I love that. Have you? Did you do the whole thing where like you lived with a bunch of roommates? Yeah. Okay, so you've you've done the whole like lots of roommates thing. So now you're. Oh yeah. Well, actually, what's so sweet and lovely is that like I lived with my college roommates for ten years. Oh my gosh. Like we lived together. Our started our junior year of college. Our two of my best friends, Storm Lever and Ellie Fishman. They're both in the industry. Yeah. 
you know, we've left to do certain jobs, but like our base was always together and we just finished our lease in October. So this is like, we're all kind of moving on into our own different uh, living spaces, but within a 15 minute walk from each other, which is great. Um, Is that emotional? Yeah. When that, when it finally was time to emotional. Yeah. So emotional. And just, we, there's so much growth that happens between 20 and 30 that, Mm. you know, you like, I've seen these women change we've challenged each other to become better. And like one of my favorite things about my friendship with these women is that we are nothing but honest. Like we do not accept anything less than. And so like we can always sense when something's off and we won't push, but we also know that like, you know, I know you're full of it. (laughs) So, and I'm here and I hold space for you when, when shit is hard and tough. And we do and we, it really is. And I'm learned how, rare it is what we have and so i feel so grateful for it and yeah i mean when you live together you weren't even 21 oh yet and like you you see each other the your messy, highs, your messy, lows, messy relationships messy, messy, messy. fights like that All makes me, it. That, i'm emotional for you like it feels like a, a ser- like a, when girls ends or something like that and like they move yes on and everything. it like, was that's what it felt like mm. it felt like the season finale or series finale of friends and i was like <laughs> Yeah. And the keys are just on the apartment counter Terrible. and everything. Oh my God. That's what we did. We left the keys in the apartment. It was weird. Oh my God. Weird. That's so cinematic. Well, it yeah. seems like things are well for you right now. I mean, I, I love to hear that. And you're in one of Connor and I's favorite shows. I listen <gasps> to that cast album all the time. And it's so good. And Grammy nominated. It got, yes, Grammy nominated. <laughs> so exciting. Alex Newell so better do a them. little independently owned and Grammy nominated in tonight's performance. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would be really good. When I heard you were going in, though, I was so excited because I love your voice. I love oh, Caroline Interbickler's voice as well. That's how you say her last name? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, how are they going to, what are they going to do here? And when I heard you were going in, I was relieved because that song, Maybe mm-hmm. Love, if if there was like a Tony for like best song of the season or something like that, I swear to God, that would be my choice. There should be a category for that. Why yeah. is that not a category? We need to add that category and best ensemble. Yes. Like those. They do. Broadway.com awards. The audience. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Oh, yes. The Broadway.com awards. Right, right, you know, right, the coveted. The coveted. Yes, the coveted. I want the coveted. one. Oh, I, I do too. I want to be best replacement. Let's go. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, that can have, that'll be a campaign. You, you could be double nominated this season for best replacement and best you know, leading performance. Let's go. Yeah. I'm going to manifest it all. Let's come on. Come on, baby. Have you ever been nominated? Do you know? Uh, I was nominated for best breakthrough newbie. What is it? Breakthrough or newbie? Okay. Something like like, I I lost to Stephanie Stiles, I want to say, which makes sense Um, because she's her following is just much bigger than mine. She was a newsie. But I think that's what I was. And then nominated for like, I think Caitlin and I were nominated for like best couple or something. Oh, that's cute. Yeah but didn't win oh my oh, god that's okay ah homophobes <laughs> i'm just kidding I'm just everyone kidding. <laughs> yeah if you don't nominate me you're a homophobe still <laughs> yeah literally right. <laughs> but wait so are you having fun and shocked oh my god i'm having the best time it's so fun i've truly wanted to do ensemble comedy for so long and i saw the show and it was bowled over by the talent on that stage and also the writing is so smart and so good and i oh, knew yeah. that like i was like this is probably the best training ground I could have for comedy period because it, it's the, the the writing is so specific and clear to the point where like it doesn't work if you push and you put anything on top mm. of it you just have to like deliver the lines in the reality and that's 
so fun. And like the audiences go freaking crazy for it. <laughs> and I just get to be dumb and silly, not dumb and intellectually. I think Maisie's very intelligent, but that's a misconception mm-hmm. about her. But, but it's just so silly. I get to be silly and, you know, I get to wear a, a visor and a Tampa sweater and I ride on stage with a crocodile. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for people, but like, yeah, these are big spoilers. Yeah, I know. But you, you, people just hear me like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, can I say fuck? Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. Great. What the fuck? Fuck yeah. Uh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I get to sing these unreal songs and just like maybe mm. love. I, Ugh. that moment is for me every night. Like that's the one I give myself. And I just like, wherever I'm at, I just let the song take me. And it's, I think the words, the lyrics are so intelligent. I fell in love with Brandy Clark and Shane McAnally's writing and specifically yeah. Brandy Clark's most recent album self-titled on Brandy Clark and she got nominated for it this year yes, too which is great I, saw that. I think her lyrics are so intuitive and she's so authentic and that song buried destroys me like to my core sorry I'm, I should be talking about Shucked but I'm also talking about Brandy Clark because it can, because <laughs> yeah. Brandy Clark is the voice of Maisie essentially is what I'm told like she she's the one who predominantly does the writing for Maisie and oh that's cool. I think maybe love is such a beautiful example of god we we have no idea what happens in this life. We have no idea the people that we're going to encounter. But like, I love that it's maybe love. Like, it's always a question. Like, it's not definitive. We can't define this thing that is so universal to each one of us. And we experience in such different ways with different people. But that like, you have to water it. You have to nourish it. You have to acknowledge that it's there. You have to be the sun on the love. And like, God, it's so good. And like, if you just choose love... It can it can make everything better. I'm sorry. It just makes me emotional. I get like oh, that's so beautiful. I have the it's chills. True. It's so good. It's I'm gonna love singing that song tonight. Oh yeah. Wait, I you have therapy. <laughs> Did I say I'm well? That's I'm so okay. I'm, I'm buying so a ticket and coming. <laughs> Come. That's so beautiful. I know yeah. it's it's amazing how a song. You know, people might just think, oh, it's a song. I know. Right. It can really touch you in so many ways and go beyond mm-hmm. what it is even in the sto- the context mm-hmm. of Shocked, you know? Yes, yes. Ugh. You get a few good songs. I oh, mean, like, so every many. Song every is song good, is good. Like... I love that song. I love Women of the World. It's such a powerhouse. Tampa is hysterical. Walls is a really good set. Like, I have so I have, I sing so I sing so much. Walls is really nice. Walls is, I feel like, a good... It's like the thesis of the show, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It sets up the world. And also, it makes me think of the world we live in now, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And like the volatile nature of social media and, you know, this world is in a lot of deep pain at the moment. And there's a lot of people not listening to each other and thinking that because we support one thing means that it cancels out another side, which obviously is not the case. And I think Walls is, that's why I find Maisie to be so intelligent because she's saying it doesn't have to be one or the other. Why can't it be both? Why can't we find a way through this rather than sticking to our tribal instincts, yes. you know? Um, She's head and heart yeah. at the same time. Yes, know? she is. And people, I think, and I think this is true of life too. I think people who are heart driven are often dismissed, which is because it's not, you can't capitalize on it as much, I think really is what it comes down to because we live in a capitalist society. But yeah, I think I think the, the heart driven people are like the healers of, of the world and it would do us all a little better if we listen to them. Mm-hmm. 
maybe not when they're so emotional because they, they can't articulate themselves like I am sometimes. No, but. no, you're you're such a real. Per- I mean, I always knew. I remember like very closely following a lot of this the press from the prom and like just seeming like that group was so tight knit and everyone's personalities came through. And I always remember feeling like, oh, like she's real. Oh, thanks, I appreciate that. One. And yeah, for sure. And the vibe that you have with Caitlyn is always oh, so fun. Oh God, my babe, I real. love her so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, babe, babe. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's like, I was talking to this with my cousin this morning, who's my best friend, soulmate person too, is that I, I'm attracted to people who don't have time to be anything but themselves. I don't have, and I, and it's, which is interesting because we're in a performative industry, but I think that's why it's because like I spend my job, my job is to put on a face. I don't want to do that in real life. And I don't have time to do that in my friendships. So like, are we going to show up or not? When do you think you got to that point? Ooh, that's a very good question. I think I've always been attracted to people who are like that. And I've always been attracted to specifically women who've pushed me to be more authentic and mm-hmm. find truth. And not in a way where like, you're being fake, but in a way where like, I'm curious what's actually underneath this. And so I think actually probably during prom, I think mm. I was very, I grew up as a, pe- a big people pleaser. I've got people pleaser like in my DNA. And I was it's okay. I can say this. My mother knows us now, but like I was raised to get the A and I was raised to be the best period. So it's giving Alyssa green. It, it is Alyssa green. And I, I, I think the prom kind of like helped cure the Alyssa green in me because yeah. I used to be the person that was like, I'm in a not method, but like I got so invested in the part that I was playing that I took on those qualities in my regular life. And that's when I started therapy. And so I went into therapy and realized that like my therapist said this to me, she was like, you do this thing where you like, you put pillows in every direction around you just in case you'll fall in either direction, but you're not going to fall. And I was like, that is fascinating. Tell me more (laughs) about this part of me. And I also think I equated, you know, love with being the best and being good. So it all became about, I got really good at being a chameleon. I can be anybody that you want me to be. I can identify what's missing in a room and fill that void. And then I realized in the pandemic, like in the, the, I think in the prom, I realized that I didn't want to be a people pleaser anymore. That like authenticity, I, cause I was attracted to Caitlin. I was attracted to Beth level. Like these people who just are like, I don't have time. I don't have time to be anything but myself. And I was like, that's cool. You're a real human. The job isn't everything. What? Amazing. And then in the pandemic was when I realized, oh, I don't have the energy to be the chameleon anymore. Like I can't, just because I can change shape doesn't mean I should. And so it's, that was kind of my pandemic journey was like trying to choose to stop being something for somebody else. And I'm still working on it. It's a journey, but you know what helps? Fatigue. Because <laughs> I just don't have time to be anything else. This might be personal, but has do you feel it's affected like friendships or, mm. or relationships that maybe... That's okay. I don't mind that personal question. I think it's a good question. Yes, I think it has in both positive and negative ways. I think yeah. it means that if we are friends, we are really friends. And like we, I spend time with you and like, I put your phone down. I don't, why are you on your phone? Like that doesn't be here with me right now. And I'm also like, I'm curious about the people on the other side. I'm like, let's get into it. What, how actually are you in this moment? How is your heart? How did you sleep? Are you, what are your fears right now? Like, what are your dreams? Like, I want to know those things because that interests me. I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in, I don't know, like mundane gossip and and the day-to-day bullshit. 
which means that I also the fatigue, the fatigue. it fatigues <laughs> me, which also means that I don't invest time in people that I find are still performative, which has meant that I've not uh, been like, we're not friends anymore, but it's meant that like I've, there's been distance that's grown between, which I think yeah. is a normal thing because people just grow in opposite directions. And then, and then there are friends that I reconnect oh, yeah. with and it's just like, you just have seasons of life. But like, I think it's a beautiful thing to realize that some people aren't for you. Mm-hmm. And that you are not for every, that's the lesson that I'm still struggling with is that I am not for everyone and not everybody needs to like me. Yeah, I know. That mm. reminded me of this illustration that I saw when I was in college. And actually, somebody just reshared it to their Instagram story this week. And I was like, oh, my God, this is still around. But it's of two people. And one yeah. of them is saying, you've changed. And the other person is mm-hmm. standing there. And it's like, we're supposed to. And they've got plants and flowers growing out of yeah, their head. I love that. It's so beautiful because it's true. We're supposed it's to. It's so true. We're supposed to. And you know what's it's the hardest thing to accept though. It's one thing to intellect, understand it intellectually, which I do and like I promote it. And, but then when, it, when you feel like you're losing, like, like in a relationship ending, you know, for example, like that's really tough to acknowledge that like the person, when you, when you are so in love with somebody and, and it once was so beautiful and special. And then for your person to be going through a season of change and realize that like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't be the same person mm-hmm. with you that I was. That's hard. It's devastating. And you got to let them go. Yeah. Ugh. Whoa. You're dropping wisdom. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's when like we find that we're our most like uninhibited at the same yeah, time. Yeah, truly. You know, like I mean, and then like, and that we also like make mistakes and that like, uh, yes, I'm saying all of these things, but like, it's hard. It's really hard, dude. It's hard to let people go. Oh, it's man. hard to change. And like, it's hard to change yourself. Like being a fucking mess. Talk about like that, 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 I think that picture is also, she has like butterfly wings, the one that's like, we're yeah. supposed to change. And I think about the, like when caterpillars transform into butterflies, they literally turn into goop in a cocoon. They turn into fucking goop <laughs> before they can sprout wings. I literally, yeah. I, I'm a big Oracle deck reader and I think why I'm so tired is like, I'm in like a, I'm in a goop phase at the moment while these most beautiful things are happening around me. And I pull this card yesterday and it's the land between. And I was like, you were reading me for filth spirits. (laughs) And it was literally about, you have one foot in the past, one foot in the future. This is where you're supposed to be. And you're, here's the thing. You can't skip this part. You can't skip the mess. You got to sit in it because this is where you get reborn. And this is where the interesting thing, things happen. So like take this time while you are goop to figure out what you want your life to be next, mm. but you can't rush through yeah. it. So I'm goop. Otherwise you might end up on the wrong, on the wrong yeah. path. You're goop right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I turned this into a therapy session. <laughs> I love it. I had to skip, I had to cancel my own therapy this week. So you're <sighs> helping me a lot actually. Oh, okay, but... good. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking about what you're up to now. Mm-hmm. Shocked. And we're going to get into what's next for you in a little bit. But we like to talk to all of our guests about the moment they got into the arts. We borrow Ring of Keys from home because we like to think maybe it was an experience where the light switch flicked on. You were like, oh, my God, I love the arts. I need to be a part of this. These Ring of Keys. Do you feel like you can pinpoint a moment or moments? Yeah, absolutely. My Ring of Keys moment was when I was five years old. My mother brought me to Cats the Musical on Broadway. And I was sitting on her lap and the cats roamed the aisles and Cassandra, the brown cat, roamed up and sat next to my seat. And apparently I turned to her 
And she looked up at me and I went, good kitty. And I started petting this actress and the actor like nuzzled into me and like fully went with it. And then I remember just like loving the show and wanting to do it. And I begged my mom to get the VHS. Yes, kids. I said VHS. And I wore that VHS out. I watched it every day and I would play a different cat every day. And I taught myself the choreo. I was convinced I knew it. Like uh, Jillian Lynn could have called me then. And I was like, I'm Demeter, baby. Here we go. As an <laughs> eight-year-old. So inappropriate. Just like, McCavity. but like I was preparing to be a swing. Like automatic, like my, my body and soul was in it. I wanted to be on Broadway. And then like, I went years without seeing another Broadway show. But that was like my first ring of keys moment. And then, and then I think it was the drowsy chaperone I saw. And I oh. was like, oh my God, theater can make you feel better. Ugh, there's a line that Bob Martin wrote for it where he's the man in chair and he says, I'm feeling blue, a state, you know, not particular sadness, you know, a state which I call blue, which I think is just like a melancholy that we can all relate to. And like, whenever I feel this way, I put on my records, my favorite records. And like, that's what Broadway is. That's what shows are, is that it's, mm. it's a warm hug. It's, it's being seen. It's, it's, it's folly. It's fun. It's escapism. And it's, it's a reflection. And like, I remember the way that show made me feel. And I remember watching Beth Level like destroy <laughs> as we stumble along and being like, who is this woman? I want to be her. That transformative power of fear. That was another ring of keys moment for me where I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. So like the fact that that my first original Broadway show was a Casey Nicola directed show written by Bob Martin starring Beth Level was like alignment, synchronicity. Like, all of oh, it. Yeah. I was like, thank you whoa the seeds were planted and watered and have you told beth or bob oh, or casey yeah. any of that yeah they're all i wrote a paper about beth in middle school which i showed to her because i was i had it still and then i also this is really funny she was like <laughs> one of my friends reminded me when she came and saw the prom she was like you remember how beth level was your computer password in middle school and i went oh my god it was oh so you were like a theater kid oh yeah i was a nerd dude oh i, I love such that. a nerd and so i told beth i was like beth um i have to admit that you were my computer password and she, without missing a beat she went oh why'd you change it <laughs> and i thought that was so funny and i was like this is why you're iconic uh, mm -hmm. yeah, she's so in, in a word yeah she, that word is thrown around a lot but for her it's true yeah it's really true she's iconic and and she was actually one of the people who taught me that like don't put your people on pedestals Ooh. they are they don't want to be and not in a way that she told me that but yeah. like yeah. i recognized that when i took her off of the pedestal was only when our relationship grew because i saw her as a human and not like teach me everything beth it was just I, she was like i'm tired and i was like what did you do last night? Let's talk. And like, I literally, I had to force myself into her and Angie's dressing room and I would eat potato chips with them at the same point every day. And I was just like, just talk to them. Like you're a friend. And I had yeah. to like actively rewire my brain to see them as friends. And that's when I was like, Oh, right. You're just like me doing this. You just have done it longer. That's all. Oh yeah. That nice. That's really cool. Wait, yeah. isn't it that potato chips are good for your voice or something? They like that? are, they lubricate. Yeah, the cold. Okay. I've... So Beth would eat them every day before Ladies Improving. They had like <laughs> a big bag box of Lay's chips, and actually Angie Shore sent me a box of Lay's in Atlanta when I was doing Water for Elephants, which was oh, so was sweet. Yeah, that's really that's cute. Funny. That's cool. Yeah, the prom. We we kind of touched on it earlier, but what 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 did it mean to you to be in that show? Were you in the out of town? Was it at the mm -hmm. Alliance Theater? Before? It was at the Alliance. 
Okay. So I've now done two out of town tryouts at the Alliance Theater. Yeah. Um, it was I did the I was in the ensemble in the out of town tryout in That's Atlanta. Right. But that show is everything to me. It taught me so much. I feel like it was great because I didn't have to be funny in that show. I could just absorb the comedy through osmosis <laughs> of just like watching Beth and Brooks and Chris Sieber and just these geniuses at work. Yeah. And I, I think before the prom, I wanted to be considered as a serious actor so badly. You know, <laughs> like I really wanted the craft to be everything. Like I was just like, and now I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. I just want to make people have fun and laugh, which is like such the gift of the prom. And I, I saw how joy transforms people too. And like a show that that's funny can still touch people and change their lives because it's yeah. even more impactful when you do that. Like you don't have to like shove trauma down people's throat for them to think it's high art. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested in shoving trauma just for the sake of shoving trauma. Like why? Right. What's the point? And so, especially with the way the world is right now, it's like, is that really what people want? No, we don't. We want to laugh. We want to feel a warm hug. We want to. We want to just be in community. And I think comedy does that. It brings community, and also like it gives us objects of ridicule to laugh at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I think yeah. that's why it's, Barbie took off. I mean, a part of why Barbie yes. was so huge, right? Yes. Mm. So great. I loved Barbie. Loved. So it was loved. so good. Speaking of Barbie, it got a lot of Grammy nominations. Did it? That yeah. Dua Lipa song? And Dua that Lizzo Lipa, song? Dua Li- not Lizzo. Uh-huh. It's Dua Lipa, oh, not Lizzo. Nicki Minaj, the okay, cool. Billie, Billie Eilish, Eilish, and then Ryan Gosling is now a Grammy nominee. <gasps> Sublime! <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's how it should, should be. be. That's how it should I be. I love Ryan Gosling yeah. so much. Oh, I think yeah. he was he was a runaway hit for that for me in that movie. I mean, amazing. and Margot Robbie is fantastic, obviously. It was a great movie. It was a really good film. My friend Mackenzie and I had this um, kind of revelation because we were comparing like this the this summer was like the Taylor Swift Beyonce mm-hmm. not rivalry but like these like two epic divas in their own rights and their followings and and yeah. we we kind of like created a parallel which I'm curious to see what you think about this but like I think Taylor Swift is to Barbie as Beyonce is to everything everywhere all at once and my friend Mackenzie Ooh. and I think that way too that like yeah I I'm just I'm gonna leave it there I like what you're saying yeah. I'm digesting. So, I think I mean, everything, yeah, digest. yeah. everything everywhere all at once won best picture. Yeah. So. Well, clearly, you know where I stand then. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Here's the thing. I have nothing against Taylor Swift. I just she's like not it's not my ministry, but like I think I respect her. I think it's great. Yeah, I think Taylor Swift has this amazing capacity to reach people that's so universal yes. and like in such a beautiful way. And I can't really speak on it because I don't I haven't um, listened to her songs all that much or, or analyzed her lyrics mm-hmm. all that much. However, I have gone in on Beyonce's Renaissance album and all of her albums. And I think the way that she curates an entire experience and the way that the lyrics are so multidimensional and layered is like everything everywhere all, in the, all at once in the sense that you are in multiple different parallel universes with one sentence which Ooh. i think is so transcendent and powerful and empowering but like i could write thesis i could write a thesis on church girl mm-hmm. alone like i oh my god <laughs> i think that's one of the most brilliant is that your songs. song uh, so many of them are but what's my song i don't know but church girl is my like academic song that i could go in on <laughs> and okay. ugh, so many i can't i can't it's amazing that's a no skips one for me that's a no yeah. skips album even plastic off the sofa even yes plastic off the sofa <sighs> is sex to me that's foreplay 
It is. I oh, hear you. Okay. I oh, hear no, that. I, I like hear that. That song? It slows things down a little. Oh, no, but I need it to slow down. <laughs> Sometimes you want to take a slow. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? That that's song, true. I was, that song, I listened to these lyrics and I was like, oh, this is this one person for me. Like there was like a person ooh, in my life. I love that. I was like, ooh, this is how I feel. This is how you like, let's fucking go, baby. Yeah. So uh, again, I also love songs that I can listen to. And I love that album because it's a dance album and it's fun. It's beyond. It's Beyonce. Uh, it should have been album of the year at the Grammys, but you know, I agree. It's Beyonce. Yeah. The Grammys yeah. are anyway, bogus to me at this little... point, but yeah. Oh, well, everything is politics and is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. all the award shows are. Yeah. Except yeah, for Broadway.com. Right. Vote for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I really wish that Beyonce, I mean, I know that she's she's always got the master plan, but I really wish she would have released the second act. Or people are saying the movie that's coming out is the second act of Renaissance, but this. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the one that's going to be in theaters. But right. looking at the albums that were nominated today for her album of the year, I was like, if Beyonce would have released another album, she would have won this year because she needs I to have know. album of the year. I know it's, I'm saying it's bogus, but like <sighs> she needs to have that on her list. I know she does. And I'm like, it'll happen. It'll happen. It will. To She's not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But okay. Anyways. Okay. So we're talking. About, <laughs> I love. We talked about the prom, know, which so we are sorry. obsessed I, with. I, I, I think I have ADD. I just like go off. It's fine. So. It's fine. We, that's yeah, okay. Right. I, I need to know yes. about upcoming waterfowl. <gasps> yes. Are you so excited? I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's- Who wrote the music? Pigpen Theater Company. They are a group okay. of seven. They went to college together at Carnegie Mellon University as actors and learned how to play mm-hmm. instruments while they were at school there. And they created their own theater company where they would write their own shows and act in them. It was actually Rick Ellis's, our book writer's partner, who discovered Pigpen and told Rick Ellis that like, they need to write this, they need to write Water for Elephants because they write bluegrass and they write really earthy, delicious music that just like pierces your soul. And so- This was Roger Reese? Yes, yes, Discovered them? Okay, the late great. The late great, the late great Roger Mm -hmm. Reese and told Rick Ellis like, it's gotta be Pigpen that writes your show. So that's why Pigpen's doing it. And they're, they're making their Broadway debut with this show and I'm so thrilled for them. And they're also, such wonderful people like good guys really really good guys smart sensitive funny just good people you want in your in your corner oh i used to religiously ride at soul cycle with this guy named jimmy mm-hmm. and he went to college with the pig pen guys oh, fun. and he used to sneak in their music to the spin classes like in oh the my playlist. god i, love I remember that. being like what is this the Tale of Despero. Yes, they were. I think they have a musical version of that. Yeah, oh. yeah. So that's where I remember hearing about them the first yeah. time. It's is your character getting to do anything stunty or like wild? Because it's yes. like a circusy. It type is. Thing, it's, right? So it's it's okay. set at a circus. It's 1931 during the Great okay. Depression, and it's the backdrop is Benzini Brothers Circus, most spectacular show on earth, is the way it's built, and it's about the story is about this man Jacob Jankowski, who on like the eve before he's supposed to graduate from Cornell and join his father's vet school, both his parents die in a car crash. And so like, instead of taking his final, he runs away. He runs out of the school and like runs to a train track and then jumps on a train that just is taking him anywhere. And it ends up that he jumps, jumps a circus train. He does menial work for a while, but then becomes a circus vet. And he 
meets and falls in love with Marlena, who's the equestrian, also the wife of the ringmaster. Oh, drama, um, drama, 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 drama. And also the ringmaster is what we didn't know, but like was sick and is a paranoid schizophrenic. And so like he gets progressively more violent and scary. And so it's like, while it takes place in a circus, it's a show about what happens when you lose everything. Who do you become? Who do you become kinder? Do you become a healer? Do you become a tyrant? Do you fall in love? Like, what do you do to save yourself? To like just survive in a world that like has forgotten you. And so it's a show about lost souls, honestly. And Marlena, uh, I do get to do some fun tricks. I get to, uh, (laughs) I get to hop on the trapeze, which is really fun. Oh, very cool. I'm hoping to do a little bit more this time around. Okay. Shana Carroll, please let me do more circus acts. We'll see. Um, but I love it. And we have, uh, we're going to have seven circus artists performing with us. Oh, so. And they're oh. unbelievable at what they do. And like also what they do in the show, well, we think it's spectacular. They're like, this is 10% of my capabilities. <laughs> uh, but they're all such incredible artists. And so like circus is woven, interwoven through this story. Yeah. And it's, it's a really beautiful device that kind of like lifts everything. And I think there's a really great song that I get to sing called Easy where I'm trying to heal one of my horses and just tame him. And he's an injured horse. And in the song, as I'm calming him, there's a puppet head and he is an aerialist. And so it's an aerialist who is the puppeteer. And at one point, like I take over the head and this aerialist gets pulled out on a silk and it's like his soul is kind of like dancing and flying over the audience. And I think that's like the perfect embodiment of the potential of the show and what it can be is like the multimedia dimensions, like these two mm-hmm. art forms coming together to create something really spectacular and moving. I'm even more excited now. Yeah, it's gonna be good. And Grant Gustin is going to be in yes, it. Yes, The Flash. Very exciting. The Flash. He's yes. so yes. cute. He's so cute and he's so sweet. He's very oh, sweet. Yes. I'm very excited for the world to see his. I think I was. Uh, I got was lucky enough to be in final callbacks for the role of Jacob and his read. I was so struck with like I read the book and I love the book and he came in the room and I was like, this is Jacob, just his demeanor. Just Mm. he's so he's, he's a little little soft spoken, very, he's not demure, but he's, he's humble. He's attentive. He's intuitive. He's kind eyes. Like he's just, Mm. I'm really excited to work with him and see what he brings to the role and like, see what we get to cook up. And then like to have Paul Alexander Nolan play my husband who I'm like, Oh my God. I was going to ask, is that what he's the role he's playing? Okay. <laughs> I have the hugest crush on him. So does Doug. I mean, yeah. everybody yeah. should. I think mm-hmm. he's a phenomenal actor. I'm so excited. I, I am always looking to act with people who are better than me. I always mm-hmm. want to act with people because they make me better. And I just, I'm so excited. Not say I, I, I'm not trying to be, you know, self-deprecating, but like, oh, I do believe you're only as good as the people you're on stage with. That's what you create together. And so, mm-hmm. I think the the combination of Paul Alexander Nolan, Grant Gustin, and myself, hopefully, I feel like we'll cook up something really special. So it's not you're not just walking away with the spectacle of the circus, but you're also walking away with like, oh, I I'm remembering these humans and these these souls that like left everything. And so I hope even though I'm doing a comedy now and I said like comedy is great and everything, <laughs> I hope people walk away from this drama and are like, those people. <laughs> and the circus, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Now, I feel like I could talk to you about so many things. You've given us so much about mm-hmm. your career and life, but also I know. The, the personal insights that I feel like are touching my soul today. So thank you so much. 
Yes. We are moving on to a little bit of drama, a dose of drama, mm-hmm. our segment Ooh. where we share something that's on our mind. It could be, you know, that piece of pop culture you've been consuming, binge watching, maybe mm. a book even, you know, if you crack that open, or it could oh, be something you want to rant about, rave about, promote. And I mentioned at the top about Bravo, reality TV. And a few months ago, I was kind of feeling burnt mm. out on my reality shows, my wives, the housewives. But I have to say, I'm in a Bravo obsession wormhole right now we've got real housewives housewives of miami we've got potomac and we've got beverly hills all airing at the same time in salt lake and i'm living i have you know at least three nights a week where i get to be with my girls and it's really restoring my soul between the hours of 8 and 10 p.m so i have to say it's myself your harem yes yes harem (laughs) miami miami was off the air for a while and then it was peacock exclusive but it's amazing. Every single girl on that nine-person cast is incredible. So you got to jump in to Real Housewives okay. Miami. But okay. anyway, also Bravo was last weekend, okay. so I was eating all that up. All right, Dylan, do you have a dose of drama today? Well, I'm happy that you're happy with with all that's going on because I was worried. I was like, well, who who, who is Connor without Bravo? Like there was like a moment where I thought <laughs> if he's waning on it. But okay, mine is that was we, my pandemic journey. That was, was my yeah. mm-hmm. how I became connected to reality in a way or yeah. unreality. So anyway, Dylan, sure, move sure. On. I will go. I have a few I could go with. One of them is a book I'm reading, but I I'm, haven't finished it yet. So I'm not going to uh, promote it until I'm finished it. Okay. So I'm going to go with, we just had Vincent Jamal Hooper on last week, who was currently sent by the Lion King. And he suggested the show Bodies on Netflix. And I gave it a go. And I'm now four episodes in and I'm loving it. And so I just have to Good. thank him for giving this suggestion. It's like a thriller. Also like maybe like a little, I don't want to say sci-fi because I think that has like a weird connotation to it. But like, there's some like extravagant things going on with it and it's really good. And it stars Kyle Soler, who was in The Inheritance on Broadway, one of my faves. And so Amazing. it's always fun to see. I always love when Broadway people pop up on shows. I'm always like, you're one of us, you know, like you're one of my people. Um, so I highly do recommend it. It's eight episodes. They are all an hour long. So do with that as you will. Okay. Um, Isabel, what what is your dose of drama this week? What's my dose of drama this week? Well... I just finished the third season of The Righteous Gemstones, which, oh, I think it was a perfect season of television. I Is that am, on HBO or sorry, Max? It's HBO. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. Um, and it's written by Danny McBride. And I am, I don't, I just think it is one of the most well-written shows about the kookiest family in such a, like, it, I mean, the character of Judy is the dumbest, like, I, I can't even describe, I, I, sorry, I don't have the words because I'm just so <laughs> taken, I just can't, just, you just have to watch these idiots in action is all I'm saying. <laughs> who, who is in it? It's been recommended to me so many times, but I've yet I to know. dive in. Okay, so like, and I like here's the thing, I'm not a religious person, so I was like, ugh, I don't really want to see a show about a super church, because it's basically a, about, about like a family like the Olsteins, you know what I mean, that like okay. commercialize yeah. on big super churches. And it's, okay, so Danny McBride is the eldest brother, so it's like, John Goodman plays the patriarch, the gemstone salvation center, like he owns, and it's like, they have churches, super churches, every mega churches, right? Mega churches everywhere, mm-hmm. all over the world, and like their whole thing is like saving people, right? And he his kids, his three kids are the most spoiled assholes that have ever existed (laughs) on the face of the planet. And they all suck. And the craziest shit happens to them because everybody's always trying to take down the the righteous gemstones. And so as Danny McBride created the show, he plays the oldest uh, son, just Jesse gemstone. And then Edie Patterson plays Judy gemstone and Judy's the, Oh my God, this woman who like thinks she's like the hottest shit and is the most (laughs) awkward 
person on the face of the planet. Um, Adam Devine, Devine plays Calvin. Yes. And so like his storyline is so freaking great because like in the second season, he has this like helper called Keith, who he kind of rescues from a satanist club. And he's, he, and it's like definitely homoerotic. (laughs) Like Keith and Calvin are so into each other. They have like this thing called the smut busters where they go in and like take all of the inventory from porn shops. I mean, just sex toy shops. And it's like, this is Uh smut. It's it's freaking, it's so... Oh, Walton Goggins pays is a uh, baby Billy, and baby Billy's their uncle. There was literally a scene in the. I'm I'm not making any sense. I'm so sorry. You can chop no, all I'm, of this I'm up. No, I'm following. I'm following. But there was a scene in this final episode where they're like, he finally gets them to cr- greenlight this game show of his called Billy Baby's Bible Bunkers, where it's just like Family Feud going to head over the Bible. Mm. And so he comes into a room with like the Gemstone family, and he's like, you know what? I feel like I'm your daddy, and they're like you're not my daddy and he's like he's like i'm your daddy and it's just a minute of them going back and forth saying you're my daddy i'm not your daddy you're not my daddy not my daddy like it's just a shot of daddy right going not my daddy and i was crying laughing i don't <laughs> it's just so dumb i highly recommend even you it. doing it is making me laugh so not i'm sure it's daddy. gonna be amazing <laughs> <laughs> i love that's it my oh, i love that's a great suggestion Watch the righteous gemstones yes See, see, we need a little laughter. So that's that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it was so nice to meet you. It, like seriously, I I truly feel like we vibed, and this really meant a lot that you just shared your heart with us, but also gave us a little drama in the process. So thank Always. you. Was, I know I'm mm. probably gonna get canceled for not being Team Taylor Swift, but sorry. Oh no no no. no. We'll, we'll make sure that the Swifties don't come for you. I I no, <laughs> they're scary. They are scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I am a Swifty, but I'm not a scary. And kind, I respect but, it. This is the thing. Yeah. Like I don't hate her at all i think she's very talented it's just not my ministry that's all love yeah we're all in the ministry of isabel mccalla today so we need oh. to follow you on instagram at izzy mccalla right follow just me insta. at izzy mccalla just insta i i don't i'm not on the ticketist talkatist yet it was so nice to meet you have an amazing show tonight thank you and we'll definitely have to uh, let you know when we come and stop by the imperial theater this yes! spring let me know we're at the drama podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. And I'm at Connor McDowell and you're at Dylan McDowell. Yes. That's right. And thank you again, Isabel. It was such a delight. Thank you so much. I'm literally following you right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh-huh. And thank Connor, you. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama. <laughs>